Hello, this is longtime Milwaukee radio personality Steve Pallack. Stand by, your next episode is queued up. The on air light is lit. It's season five of the Bait and Switch podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch Podcast. My name is Jim Martin with my co-host, as always, Chris Beyer. Hello. Hello, Chris. Doing well? I didn't didn't ask. ask. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad. I'm glad. That's good. I am also doing well, but you didn't ask me either. It was preemptive. I just figured it was coming. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got that look on my face. You don't really care. I don't really care. No. I know everybody says, thank you for asking. I don't know. Don't ask me. I mean, if I'm having a bad go, I'll tell you. Just assume I'm good. Yeah. Unless I chime in and say, you know, things suck. Okay. From now on, I yeah. won't ask you, how are you doing? No. No. I'm assuming you're doing all right. You have everything all right? Don't ask. What did I just say? <laughs> okay. All right. I well, will tell you if things are bad. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. All right. It just seems move like on. there seems like just a move on. getting bad. I'm not going to cut this out because okay. you need to learn. Right. I need right. To, yeah, it's a punishment. All right. all right. Well, anyway, our guest is, a poor guest is sitting here listening to us ramble. So um, a couple weeks ago, we went to a local comedy establishment called The Laughing Tap. Do you remember that, Chris? you remember? Did, <laughs> you think I was drunk or high? Or, I don't know. It was just two weeks ago. I don't know ago. what I can't ask you and what I can't ask you anymore. <laughs> like, you know, I'm a professional. And, you know, so professional. I have, have a certain yeah. amount of, uh, I, I, I can't be, like I said, I can't be inebriated all the time. I can't be right. high. But anyway, right. no, we did go to the, uh, the local establishment that you talked about because... Because mm-hmm. a friend of ours that mm-hmm. we had on the show, a previous guest. Season two. Season two is the owner of said Laughing Tap. So Hold on. It's called said Laughing Tap or just Laughing Tap? <laughs> Don't you understand English? Like when we... <laughs> no, but I mean our listeners... Like old English. Our listeners are going right. to look up it's on the web said Laughing Tap and... Ye old say, Laughing okay, Tap. Okay. Well, anyway, it's right. just Laughing Tap. All right. right. The Laughing Tap. So our friend Matt Kempel is uh, the owner of Laughing Tap and we wanted to go check out the club. We have been talking about it for a long time, mm-hmm. but as we'll find out, there were some extenuating circumstances, reasons why we, you know, maybe couldn't have gone there or anybody could have gone there for that matter. But we're going to hear all about that from him. So Matt Kempel is our guest. Welcome, Matt. Thanks for coming back. Thanks Hi. for being back on the show. Good to see you. It's me. I'm it's here. It's you. He's here. <laughs> I made it. He made it, it. Is it Laughing Tap or The Laughing Tap? It's technically The Laughing Tap. Okay. Isn't that That's what, what the logo says. It's interesting, though, when you you have a company, you have to determine if the the is part of that. So for I know the paperwork, later yeah. we, we might talk about the Milwaukee Comedy Festival. Yeah. Technically, The isn't part of that name. It's Milwaukee Comedy Festival. Okay. So then it's just a the, but it is the Laughing Tap. Is, okay. it, is it the Laughing Tap LLC? No, actually, it's <laughs> Milwaukee Comedy LLC, okay. uh, DBA Laughing Tap. Okay. DBA the Laughing Tap. Actually, just laughing. Oh, really? tap. See, we're going down a. Yeah, it's it's the whole legality thing. Yeah, yeah so the sort of umbrella is Milwaukee comedy. Gotcha. Okay. So okay. Back okay, cool. in season two, when mm-hmm. we talked to you, you were just about to start this venture, and it wasn't long after that that what happened? What happened? Well, we opened. You opened for you a very open. short period of time, right. and then yeah. there was a uh, worldwide pandemic that. What? That hit. Yeah, I don't know if you heard about <laughs> it that. It was in the papers. I still get uh, the papers. My mom was talking about it. Yeah. That's how I heard about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it hit us pretty hard. We were open for about six, eight weeks there. I think about eight weeks. 
And then uh, we had to shut down completely for close to five months or so. Wow. And then when we came back, it, I mean, we uh, had some streaming shows that we had done to kind of keep ourselves going. And we, you know, had a bunch of crazy ideas to, you know, figure out what we were going to do because we just had opened. But sure. uh, then, yeah, when we were slowly able to come back, it was, you know, 10, 10 people at a time. It was 20 people, 30, 40, and then, you know, finally to where we're at now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a wild, wild time. Yeah, no kidding. How did the, uh, how did the streaming stuff work out for you? It was interesting. I had never really done much of that, but um, I started to see some examples of what other people were doing, and we were like, okay, we got to figure out something. So we figured out how to do live streaming with a friend of mine, uh, uh, Jake, and we put together a couple of shows that were like just – us in a room, you know, with comics, like real minimal when the pandemic first started and just sure. kind of put that stuff out there for free and then just kind of started to ask for donations and to see if we could, you know, just kind of like pay our bills and everything because mm-hmm. we'd like had just signed this lease and yeah, you right. know, we literally had just like written away our whole lives for this thing um, that was completely based on people coming together, yeah, um, right, right. which we couldn't do. <laughs> it was the complete so, opposite of what we were doing. Yeah, yeah so not to, well... Not to revisit your darkest days, but I guess that's what we're, I'm we're doing it right now. I'm going to ask yeah. him to revisit his darkest days. I mean, there had to be a time in the beginning of that, or after a week or two, you're thinking, you know, maybe I'm just going to close up shop, or was that even an option? You know, uh, it wasn't for a while. I actually, I had another venue that I was running, and uh, it was called the Underground Collaborative. And I ran that place for eight years. And when I was trying to open up the club, I uh, talked to my other employees and I uh, kind of elevated two of them up to management and, and you know, made sure they were interested in like, hey, do you want to run this place while I go do this other thing? Because comedy has always been my passion, but, it, you know, there were running a venue and providing that kind of thing to the community was important to me. So um, I talked to when the whole pandemic happened we're in lockdown you know it's two weeks it's a month it's several months months, you know and all of that happened and the money kind of ran out we had gotten um some of the uh, ppp grant and things like that and you know i kept uh i kept trying to keep all my staff who were all theater people they were all um servers and bartenders, you know, all of these industries that literally completely shut down for everything. Um, those were also my part-time employees that were, sure. all, you know, helping me at the front desk and checking people in and running the bar and things like that. And um, so one of them, Amanda, she was the one that was kind of going to be like the manager and kind of oversee things. And we had been closed for a while. And you know, I checked in with everybody every couple of weeks just to kind of see how everybody was doing. And when I was talking to her, she said, you know, um, you should maybe think about closing the UC, the Underground Collaborative, um, because the Laughing Tap, you just started it. Right. And it has all this potential and you haven't done anything with it, yet, you know, to fully do what you can do. And this place, you've had it for almost a decade. Like it has fulfilled such a purpose, you know, in such a way for the community and for the theater world and everything like that. 
And that was actually the first moment that I realized that I, she, and she told me, she said, if you don't close one of them, you are going to lose both of both them. Both of them, sure. Yeah. yeah. And that was kind of mind-blowing to hear. Like, I was, you know, kind of clinging on to everything that I could at the time. And then that was like, oh, geez, you're absolutely right. And I remember the first thing I said to her, I was like, do you realize you just lost your job? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and she's like, ah, oh, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I'll be okay. And it's funny, we've we've met up a couple of times since then, and she's doing great, and uh, she actually works at a restaurant not far from here. Yeah, nice. And um, is doing really well, and yeah, I'm... I really actually owe it to her for me to snap out of like this world because you it was everything to me to right. to do what I was doing and putting everything into my art and my that creativity and everything and for it to just shut down and stop it was like ah yeah right to yeah. accept a small failure for the bigger good was something that you couldn't realize yourself yeah I don't even know yeah. if I call I, it yeah, a failure yeah, I know yeah, failure yeah. is a strong yeah. a strong word but, but yeah. you had to accept a certain loss for a bigger game. Yeah. Well, and there there is mm-hmm. that fear of failure. It's like, well, I See, spent Jim? all this. Yeah. <laughs> he's a failure. He's jumping on me for that. He said the fear of. He yeah. didn't say it was he a failure. He understands what I'm getting at, all right? You made it you know, like I was wounding him personally. He's a big boy. All right, go ahead. Continue. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there was that realization that, I mean, it, you know, when it's business, it's business. But for me, there's so much of this passion Mm and my soul and everything, if you want to talk about that kind of thing deep in into what I was doing, because it was an artistic endeavor is why I was doing these things, not necessarily like, oh, this is a conscious business decision, I'm going to go into this field. It was really like it kind of came out, you know, accidentally. Let's back up a little bit. Uh, I just want to say this, our listeners might know this might not. We are based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Your club, yeah. the Laughing Tap, where is it located? It's in Walker's Point neighborhood specifically, so that's just south of downtown. Okay. What's and the address there? It's uh, 706B South 5th Street, so it's like right on 5th and National, which is a really cool part of town. I just yeah. happened to drive mm-hmm. by there today. I was on the way to a, the climbing gym. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So I just, uh, I just drove by it today. That's on 2nd Street, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah right in the same neighborhood. Yeah. And uh, it's, an upcom- it's an up-and-coming neighborhood, right, for, yeah. for young people, for uh, nightlife. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And honestly, that was something that was what we were really looking for when we were trying to start a club was a cool like place that's right off the freeway that, you know, there's parking and there's lots of cool things to do. We didn't want to open a a restaurant with the club. We wanted sure. a place that there was a bunch of other restaurants that, you know, people would go to that and then come to a comedy show. It's perfect, yeah. And yeah, like right along 2nd Street, some of my all-time favorite restaurants in the whole city are along there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right where we are, there's just all these great restaurants and there's the food truck park and all of that. It's really, I really enjoy being there. Yeah, yeah. let the restaurant people do the restaurant thing, Yeah, right? You don't have to worry about that. Yeah, you guys do the comedy thing after they're done eating. Yeah, it's perfect. Exactly. Yeah, it's a really it's a really cool venue. I mean, you know, it's a it's like uh, it's small enough where, um, you know, you can you feel I mean, you're right there with like we were we were in the first row and literally we I, wait I was they getting, I was touch, they let you guys they let us sit in, in the, the front. front. Yeah, oh yeah. man, I don't know I can't how that happened. We didn't kick you out. Yeah, of I know. There. I don't know how the, how you let that happen, but but yeah, we're like right there. And even, but even in the back, I mean, you're close enough where you can see, but it's big enough where you know you can get plenty yeah, of people. Yeah, we in do there too, eighty so. seats, you know, okay. with tables mm-hmm. and everything. We can yeah. squeeze a hundred in there if uh, it's more just theater seating without 
tables, but oh sure, mm-hmm. uh, you know people want somewhere to put their drinks and right. things like that. Yeah. So what's right. the general schedule? Thursday, Friday, Saturday. What? How's it work? It's it's every Friday and Saturday for sure, except okay. for you know like holiday weekends coming up, but. Um, it's, uh, yeah, and then we do a lot of shows on Thursdays now, and then occasionally we'll do a Sunday show called, like, The Hangover Show, mm-hmm. um, which is a fun <laughs> nice. casual thing that people can come out and get Bloody Marys and mimosas and things like that. It's pretty fun. Cool. Um, but, yeah, every weekend we have a, you know, completely different lineup of comedians. Yeah. Do you guys ever do, like, open mic night or anything like that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wednesdays. I don't know okay. if you guys want to come or well, if hey. I even – I don't know if I should encourage that. Right. Yeah. I don't know either. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, every Wednesday we uh, we open the bar up early at 6 and then people can sign up at 7 and go up at 8 or you can just come and watch. It's kind of cool because some open mics in the city you'll get just comics. Yeah. And, but I feel really – uh, excited when you know we get like a real audience there. It's about half comics and half audience, and people just kind of there to enjoy comedy. Nice. And you see all kinds. You see people that have never done it before. You see people that are headliners in the city and travel all over that are working on material because they're going out on the road or have a right. big show coming up. Uh, so yeah, it's you know for me that's an exciting environment to be in and, and kind of be able to scout different comics and things like that. Sure. And there's there's uh, maybe two shows a night. Is that how it works? Because we got there for the later shows. Is it like a seven o'clock, nine o'clock? How's that work? Yeah, a lot of our more uh, popular headliners, like this last weekend, we did four shows: uh, Friday, Saturday, you know, two each night. Mm-hmm. But this weekend we have Friday just one show, Saturday two shows. It kind of okay. depends on. I mean, there's just a ton of factors that go into when you're trying to book a headliner. We really try to craft a show. That, you know, we're not just like throwing darts at a board and saying, cool, that's who's on the show. We're really trying to make sure that each comic has their own unique voice and you're getting a range. You're not just getting three comics that all sound the same, you know, because, you know, then if you don't like that style or that kind of comedy, um, then you're not going to have fun if they all if everybody's the same. So we we try to mix that up and make sure that it's a, you know, high quality show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, and are you, and you're still doing Milwaukee Comedy Festival at the same time, right? Or at the same time, but you're still, that's still going on, right? Yeah. And yeah. actually, this year, we, man, that was a tough couple of weeks. So, that was the first week of October we did the Comedy Festival. That was, uh, we did 14 different shows at, I think it was eight or nine different venues all over the city. And we've been doing this a long time. It's actually one of the longest running comedy festivals in the country. Hmm. Okay. Uh, 18 years is what we're going to be doing uh, next year. So this was the 17th year. Sorry, I'm already on next year. Sure, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we bring comics from all over the country and it's it's really exciting. But it was kind of crazy because we, we used to do it in the very first week of August. And with the pandemic and everything, we slowly shifted things into the fall for October and just kind of kept those dates. Okay. And in, so historically, July, we would take part of that july off and have time to plan the fest and you know it takes about eight nine months to put the whole thing together sure but to have those couple of weeks beforehand to really focus on it was super helpful and this year we went right from weekend after weekend of our regular lineups at the club and our other shows that we do around the city right into the uh you know 14 shows we had i think two days off 
and then <laughs> we went right back in. We did an album recording with a comic, Rachel wow. Mack, and then we just you know kept doing our weekends. Uh, yeah. So it's just, not until you wow. know Thanksgiving we'll get a couple. Uh, you know we'll get Friday off, I think, and Thanksgiving off, and then Christmas we get off and. The, uh, the, wow. logistics, <laughs> Crazy. the logistics of this is what you are for, right? You're the guy that's, you're doing all the booking, you're doing all the scouting. Well, or, I, I mean, my two uh, partners and co-owners, Caitlin and Greg, I mean, it's the three of us. I couldn't do it without them. Um, they, uh, the three of us, we, we do all the booking together. Um, we meet, you know as often as we can, but typically about every week or every other week. And we have booking and production meetings where we are talking about the shows, figuring out, you know, what the lineups are um, in advance, making sure that, you know, all of our marketing is in place, every, all of that. So the three of us are really, you know, doing all that together on a a day-to-day basis. And then we, you know, we have people that help us. We have some associate producers that help us run our shows at other places um, we have bartenders um, right. that are amazing and help us, run, you know, run the club and things like that. But Caitlin and Greg, you know, when you guys came to the show, they were the two up at the front. They're my two co-owners. Okay, I'm behind the bar and and helping with the tech and you know doing all of that side of things. So the three of us are really like you know overseeing all of that. And then we're also you know the ones running that festival and. Crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Yeah. But I mean, it's also a lot of fun. It really yeah. is. Yeah. You know, I, it's sometimes you, you got to realize it is, you know, a lot of laughs. Yeah. yeah. Chris, I don't know if you realize this. Yes. But the reason why, how I met Matt, have you heard this story? Yeah, you were at the line at the Cranky House. I was in the line at, at, at Cranky House. And he <laughs> said, right. I, was, yeah. I was with my kids and I was like, hey, getting donuts in Sunday morning. He's like, yeah, I got to go to this meeting. It was Sunday, Sunday morning at like right. 9.30 or 10 o'clock. Yeah. I said, what kind of a crazy boss? Where do you work? He's they a get pastor, a, maybe. Get a, yeah, maybe. But yeah. they got a meeting at 10 o'clock in the morning. What? He's like, wow, I'm actually reviewing you know, there's these uh, recordings, tapes, not tapes yeah. anymore, but, you know, like I'm reviewing I these did comics. start out. Yeah. That's how old it is. I started out with VHS tapes would get mailed, oh, no kidding. mailed to me. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if this uh, this uh, line of questioning is going to be appropriate. We'll <laughs> see if I cut this out or not. But I'm curious from a business standpoint, travel and accommodations for the, uh, for the comics. Yeah. Are you guys uh, on the hook for that? Are they on the hook for that? How's oh, that sure. Work? Well, uh, <laughs> So just generally from a a producing standpoint, from running a comedy club, from putting a festival on, every every comic that you work with, it's it's a little bit different. So for us, we're really fortunate. Milwaukee has an incredibly strong comedy scene. Mm -hmm. There's an amazing talent scene here. You know, there's an amazing group of comics that are regularly working and, and doing stuff. So we're, first off, really fortunate that we can try to have a local performer or somebody from the state of Wisconsin on every single show that we do. That's really something that's important to us. Um, But outside of that, you know, when you're booking comics, sometimes, you know, we always try to provide a hotel for out-of-town comics. Um, And then it kind of depends on the deal, you know, which I won't necessarily go into. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. But um, different, you know, comics of different levels, there's contracts and, you know, depending on what level... Uh, they have as far as how many television shows they've been on, how much, you know, late night television, you know. What the potential draw might be, obviously. Yeah, 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 all of that. Right. Whether um, they have a podcast or not. Yeah, yeah whether know, I mean, they're as cool as you guys. What about some of the biggest names you've had at the Laughing Tap? Now, we saw the the headliner when we saw that was Steve Gillespie. Yeah. And I enjoyed him, and I went 
you know, uh, before the show and after the show, watch some of his stuff. And he had been on Conan, I believe, yeah. among other things. Uh, the other guy was more up and coming. I forget his name. What was his name? Do you remember? Oh, man, you're putting me on the yeah, spot. Yeah, maybe we should do right. that. Yeah. And then you had yeah. an MC come in from Chicago. Yeah. Uh, and she she let off the show. But Steve Gillespie is one name you've had on. Any other names uh, that we might know of that have been at the Laughing Temp? Yeah, well, uh, some of my... F- Favorite. So we have one coming up, Mary Mack. Uh, she does a voice on a show on Hulu called Solar Opposites. She's one of the main characters on there. And um, I don't know what the statistic is at this point, but I know that when that show came out, it was the number one streaming animated show on Hulu at the time. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, she is a national headliner, like does a lot of voiceover work and uh, is incredibly funny. Her name sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. And we've had her at the club several times. We've worked with her a lot. And mm-hmm. I mean, she is phenomenal. Um, and she's out of Minneapolis. So it's really nice to have the convenience of, you know, she's so close. And sometimes she, I don't think her husband's able to come this time, but Tim, uh, her husband is phenomenal as well, and he's—I mean—he's a headliner in his own right, and he usually opens up for her. And, oh, cool! Uh, okay. So that's a nice. super treat to like work with that. But we've had Bobcat Goldthwait a couple of times okay. from uh-huh. you know a ton of movies. Uh, the Police Academy movies are usually the most famous ones, and uh, uh, just crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and <laughs> the guy seriously—he's incredibly nice and just very, very funny. Has some really fun. You know, material. So, does he talk like that? Uh, he he does a little bit of it, but he actually he says in his set, he's like, "If I do this the whole time, you know, none of us are going to have a, a great right. time." I did. I did hear an interview with him at one point saying he's kind of moved on from that persona. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, to mm-hmm. do something different. Now we went to another comedy club down in Kenosha. Yep. At uh, a hotel down there. For yeah, you know, the, the Kenosha, Kenosha Comedy, comedy yeah. Club. Mm-hmm. There was right. the boom of the 80s and maybe early 90s or whatever, of the comedy clubs throughout the nation. Yeah. Where a medium-sized city like Milwaukee might have four, five, six, seven, eight venues. And then it crashed, right? There wasn't enough quality comics yeah. out there. And so because of that, you know, the, the, a lot of them uh, collapsed. Is there a resurgence? Is there a, a boom in new comedy clubs coming up? Or are things kind of level right now? That's actually, that's a really good question. Um, The reason we opened was because the other comedy clubs had all kind of crashed and closed. Comedy Cafe. Yeah, there was Comedy Cafe, there was Jokers, and then about 10 years before they closed, maybe even longer than that, there was Giggles Comedy Pub out, I think, in Brookfield or Menominee Falls. And I, I had moved to town like just a few years before they closed and I hadn't had a chance to go up there, but everybody talked about how great a club it was. And I was really, you know, excited to check that out. And then the other clubs, they were, they were really just that typical club model of the two drink minimum. And, you know, they're trying to sell food and it's really just about the food and beverage. And then, yeah, you're also going to see a comic on stage. And that was something that I, I just never liked that model that didn't make sense to me and uh i had actually said out loud many times like i would never want to open a comedy club it just never made sense to me Mm -hmm. because because of those reasons with the food and everything yeah it just you know Mm -hmm. just that business model felt like it was so against the artistic side of comedy and again i Mm -hmm. i come from if you for you know remember the last episode i'm sure i talked about i have the theater background and for me it was you know i have a lot of performance um in my past so 
with comedy, you know, I'm looking at all of these people as performers and as artists and, and people that put a lot of time and energy into their craft. So sure. we wanted to do the best we could. So uh, all the clubs closed um, with like Jokers and Comedy Cafe closed within a year of each other, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. And that was crazy because we were producing shows all over the city under the name Milwaukee Comedy. Mm-hmm. And, um, th- but they were on like Wednesdays and Tuesdays and Thursdays. You know, we, we stayed away from the weekends because the clubs were dominating that part. I was going to say because those guys was, were around. It was right? so yeah. difficult to produce shows then. Sure. And, the, and the scene was very different. You know, mm-hmm. there was this comedy club level, but none of the locals were really getting booked you know at very much hmm. even though there was this level of talent so it was all this like underground scene comedy scene and there were shows happening just in these nooks and crannies mm-hmm. and so that's what i was a big part of and then we realized hey there's no comedy clubs anymore and let's move our shows to fridays and saturdays so we did a different venue each week but the same lineup every month so it would okay. be you okay. know, an art gallery the first week of the month, a, you know, a brewery the second week of the month, et cetera, et cetera. So then it got to the point where this was in about 2018. Uh, everything was like, hey, what if we opened a comedy club? What if something like that happened? So yeah. we had sort of set a five-year plan mm-hmm. and then we found the right venue and it was a year and a half into our plan. And we we're like, that's crazy. Right. Uh, (laughs) but it all worked out and we opened and that was literally, we had a soft open in 2019, um, in December and then in 2020, January, I think it was sixth or something like that. We had our first show and then we had to shut down, but in March. Right. And then, like we said, uh, hearkening back to the start of the podcast podcast, I mean the, uh, the pandemic kicked in and then gradually been building, building. Now is the pandemic, is it over? Are you guys, is there any hangover in terms of, you know, masks or people afraid to come out, you think? Or is, is that over with, you think? Well, one thing for sure is, I mean, some, pe- some people will still wear masks and, you know, we totally welcome that. Whatever people are comfortable with, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, if people aren't feeling well, we just ask that they... Don't come to don't the show. Come. Yeah, you know, right. if, we, we, if they want to switch tickets <clears throat> to a different show or something, totally fine. Yeah. Um, but the way people come to a show, the way people buy tickets is completely different. You used to get ticket sales a couple of weeks in advance. The week of, you know, that Monday, a lot of people would be planning their weekend. And now a lot of ticket sales, and I, I've talked to a lot of other venues about this too, and everybody's sort of seeing the same thing. A lot of people wait to the last minute. Hmm. And um, it's kind of terrifying because you <laughs> don't know if you can pay the bills, you know, or, or one how about, week. Or... How about suspenseful? It's yeah, suspenseful. right. Well, suspenseful. yeah, <laughs> it's 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 suspenseful for sure. It's a thriller. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a thriller. I play that album on repeat when yeah, I'm right. you know trying to sell. <laughs> yeah. But um, but then you know, sure enough, a lot of times, uh, right? Uh, so what is it now? It's we're happening to be recording on a. Tuesday. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So our weekend is selling pretty good. We're about halfway there. Okay. Uh, a couple of years ago, we would be terrified by that, mm-hmm. you know. Sure. But now we're like, well, everybody's waiting. So then on, you know, Thursday, that's when the Friday and Saturday shows are going to start to sell out and, sure. and get to that point. So it's, you know, it, it's interesting to kind of see this trend and how people are going to live events and how they see live comedy. Is there any other venue in Milwaukee like it at this point? 
There's the Improv in Brookfield. Okay. Um, and they're pretty similar. They're more of like a corporate club that has lots of locations across the country, but they bring in great you know, acts and headliners across the country. But we're one of the only comedy clubs in the country that doesn't have a drink minimum. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that makes us super unique. And the fact that we're, you know, locally owned by, you know, by comics for comics kind of a thing, as opposed to um, being that traditional comedy club model, you know. Sure. That was one thing that I noticed when mm -hmm. we went to the, uh, uh, the comedy club the other day. I've been to a few comedy clubs over the years. And a lot of it is just pushing the drinks constantly. You know, the, sure. the waitresses yeah. are constantly on you. You want to drink, want to drink. And I wasn't getting that at your club. We ended up having <clears throat> two drinks you know, between <clears throat> the, you know, both of us here. The comics actually said, hey, if you need a drink, get up. Go get a drink. Not that, not that it was pushy. I don't mean it made it sound like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's cool to know. Yeah. I yeah. I really do appreciate knowing that because for us, we are we are trying to create a good experience for people because we love comedy so much. We want other people to love comedy as much as us. So when you invite people in to a place like that, um, you want people to feel welcome and not feel, you know, I, I'm so glad you don't feel pressured that you have to drink a bunch of drinks. We find that people do typically drink two drinks you sure. know that's mm -hmm. why why have a drink minimum if they're gonna do that anyway and it's wisconsin so sometimes <laughs> you know often yeah. people responsibly will do more than that yeah but we also we you know put together a mocktail menu we have beers that are you know na beers and so it's not just about trying to push alcohol it's just you know it's a social atmosphere that we want people to be focused on the comedy on stage and not worrying about like oh man we have to spend this much money while we're here it's like right. no right. hey you bought right. your ticket you know if you want to buy some drinks that's awesome that really helps the club out if yeah. if not hey that's okay too you know enjoy the show i hope right. you have a great yeah. time and hope you come back right. well uh with that i want to uh, thank uh, matt kempel for coming on the show here we're going to hold him over and do a second part here in just a bit <laughs> but i do want to encourage our milwaukee listeners and our milwaukee area listeners Get down to Laughing Tap. Jim yeah. and I went there. It was a great time. Great time. But it's a great spot, and I can see it growing. I can see that that would be a, a nice place down there. I happen to notice a lot of taverns with a lot of lines around there when oh, we were yeah. going there. I mm -hmm. hadn't, I'd been in that neighborhood before, but not recently, and I was really surprised at how much was going on in that neighborhood. And to have a comedy uh, venue right there, that's a great addition. Yeah, yep. there's so many awesome restaurants, and there's like a, a – flower shop slash um hair you know boutique place and yeah. a shoe place and all these you know really awesome local businesses it's just such a nice neighborhood to be in and it's it feels you know like such a great fit for us to be there and encourage people to come down and spend time you know walking and yeah 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 make yeah. a night of it go down there yeah. Yeah. have dinner somewhere go to the comedy club or vice versa can go out for drinks afterwards. Everything's right in that neighborhood. So right. I think it's exactly. a, a great place for it. Get an apartment down there. Yeah, get an apartment. Live your life. Just, yeah. Don't leave. Just, yeah, just stay, down. <laughs> stay down there. Maybe they could put a bubble over it, kind of a dome, and just everybody well, lives go. in that dome. And yeah, now leave. you don't have to deal with the snow sleet garbage that we got outside right now. Well, anyway, <laughs> thanks, Matt, for stopping on the show. We'll yeah, thanks talk to you in a couple Appreciate minutes it. here, all right? Hey, thanks for having me. All right. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch Podcast for the conclusion of our interview with the owner of The Laughing Tap, Matt Kemper. You've made it to the end of yet another Bait and Switch podcast.
Spread the word.